Blessed be your holy name. Thank you for all that you have done already. We're conscious of your presence in this service. Genesis 28, 16, the Bible says, Jacob awoke out of his dream and said, surely the Lord is in this place, but I knew it not. This morning, Lord, we say that you are here and we know that you are here. We know that your presence is here. We know that your holy angels are here. And so we return all the glory and all of the worship, all of the accolades and all of the celebration. Lord, we ask that you increase, that the flesh may decrease. We ask that you bring to pass your counsel, the purpose in your heart for this service in the lives of your people. Cause every grass in the field to be wet. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light shall we see light. According to Psalm 36 and verse 9. Lord, let us see your light this morning. And let us walk in the light of your word. And you take all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we have worshipped. Let all the saints of God shout amen. amen. And you may please be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So much time has been spent, but well invested in the presence of the Lord. I would trust that the Holy Spirit would help me to get these thoughts across to us within a short time so we can wrap up the service. I have for a title, and this is also going to begin a series, God the Turner, God the Turner, God who turns. I don't want to say the God who turns things because it's not only things that God turns. Primarily and first of all, God turns the hearts of men. One of the things that the Bible says about the Holy Spirit is that when it comes, it will convict men. It will convict the world of sin of righteousness and of judgment. The word repent literally means to turn. So one area that God likes to go to in our lives when we're asking for him to turn our situation is actually to turn our hearts. Because when the heart is turned, then our situation definitely will follow suit. So I want to talk this morning briefly about God the turner. I will greatly appreciate if there is zero movement or movement is uh, minimized to the very barest, the barest minimum. If you can uh, reduce it to the barest minimum, I'll appreciate it so that you don't distract me. The Lord bless you real good. And I will have a brief meeting with the choir after the service. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 126, Psalm 126. That will be my text and I'll be in verses 1 through 6. Psalm 126, 1 through 6. I celebrate the grace of God upon our first timers this morning. Our dear brother and sisters, the Lord bless you. The Lord who brought you here this morning will meet you at the point of your needs in Jesus' name. All right, church, can you say amen to that? Amen. Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the hidden, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. One of the things to notice in the scripture that we just read is the fact that the turning of Zion, the turning of the captivity of Zion is a matter of when, not an if. It is not if the Lord turns the captivity of Zion. It's when the Lord turns the captivity of Zion. So that First of all, underscores the fact that there is something called divine timing. 
divine timing. When you trust in the Lord, one of the things you must also trust or learn to trust is his timing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11, the Bible says that he has made all things beautiful in his time. Not necessarily in your time, but in his time. So we have a sense of divine timing. And that is where patience comes in as we walk with the Lord. There are certain things we want to get done, want to get them done right now. But then, the Lord who is all-knowing, the Lord who is omniscient, who knows what should come at a particular time, the one who said that the period of pregnancy to the period of delivery for a woman will be nine months and not three months, understands why it is so. So as we begin to walk with the Lord, and sometimes things get a little bit blurry, things you don't get a clear picture, you really can put together, you can figure out what is going on in your life, you must also learn to trust in what is called divine timing. Because the Bible says he has made all things beautiful in his time. Another thing I want us to learn from this scripture, this main text that we have read this morning, is the very first word that opened up the scripture. It says, when the Lord turned. When? Now, if you look at verse 4, this, uh, the people of Zion prayed again. Verse 1 opens by saying, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion. This suggests that the Lord had turned before the captivity of Zion. Because he introduces the word again. He says, when he did it again, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then if you go down to verse 4, after they had shared that testimony, the Bible says they prayed again. They said, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. What does that suggest to us? It suggests to us that whatever God has done before, he can do it again. Can I have an amen to that? Now, this is not only in terms of material things. Even in revival, in this time and age, time and season, where our young people are sold out to the spirit of debauchery, Debauchery is on the increase. People are sold out to the use of alcohol. They have excessive desire for sex. They want money and it has to come right now. They can't wait. They can't suffer. There is nothing like long suffering in their Bible. They just want to live large and to live large right now. And so you can see a spirit that is working in the children of disobedience which also has found its way to creep into the hearts of the unsuspecting in the church. At such a time as this, the only solution is a revival. When I look at the way things are happening, look at the way nightclubs are springing up in Ibadan. You would wonder, is that the way businesses are really thriving in Ibadan? Is that actually a true reflection of the economy of this city? There's a spirit in oppression. Habakkuk got to a point in his life, a time like this, in chapter 3 and verse 2. He said, Lord, we have heard of the things that you've done before. We have heard of the fame of your doings. Can you give me three, two, NIV? NIV. NIV, please. NIV. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. He said, Lord, repeat them in our day. And in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. The time of Habakkuk was exactly a time like this. When people were sold out to idolatry, idolatry is on the rise now. You see people come to church, and Friday night they go to Babalao, Habalist, to help them, to help their rituals, to help their business. Abakuk got to a point, he said, look, I'm tired of this, Lord. Something must happen. We have heard of your fame. We've heard of how you set people's hearts on fire. Set our hearts on fire. Repeat what you have done before. I submit to you this morning, church, that whatever good God has done before, he can do it again. Whether it's in the material realm, or in the spiritual realm, or in the academic realm, or in the mental realm, whatever you've seen done in the Bible before, God can repeat it in your life if you so desire. Can I have an amen? But the question is, are we ready? How thirsty are we? How hungry are we for God? Not just for what God can bring, but for God himself. For the presence of God. People live their lives like there is no God. 
People conduct their affairs like there is no tomorrow. I want to suggest to you this morning that if we are hungry and thirsty enough for more of him, we will see more of him. Just like in the days of Habakkuk. I'm going to have to speed this up a little bit so that I can make my point. There's a whole lot of introduction things to do to build up, but I'm going to have to skip a lot of things, so you have to permit me. If you were in the dawn service, you heard certain things, you might not hear them now, because I really want to get to the meat of the matter. God turns things. God turns the hearts of people. God turns times and seasons. God turns situations and circumstances. But we serve a God who himself does not turn. He turns hearts. I'm going to show you in the scripture. He turns things. He turns captivities. I'm going to show you in the scripture. But he himself does not turn. James chapter 1 and verse 17. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly light, with whom there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. God himself does not turn. Can I hear you say that this morning? Say, God does not turn. He turns people. Say it with me. He turns situations. He turns things. But he himself does not turn. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. All right. I was speaking earlier about timing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11, the Bible says the race is not unto the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither does food come to the wise, nor favor to the learned, nor wealth to the brilliant. It said, but time and chance happen to them all. Now, what influences divine timing? You hear people say, well, I've been waiting on God for a long time, and God hasn't done it for me. I don't know what God wants me to do. I've fasted, I've prayed, I've sown seeds, I've, I've evangelized, I've done everything that I believe the Bible says to do, but I, I really don't know what else to do to have God move on my behalf. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want to suggest to you this morning a law that is higher than the law of time. It is called the law of faith. Faith is a higher law in the realm of the spirit than time. God created time and put time in the earth to govern our times and seasons for days and for weeks and for months and for years. Time is a blessing, no doubt about it at all. In fact, the Bible says it makes all things beautiful in its time. However, there is a law that tells time what time it is. There is a law that is higher than time, and time bows to that law, and it is called the law of faith. Somebody say the law of faith. I'm going to show you two instances in the Bible. You see, people, people ask sometimes, God, when? You see, your friends are getting married. You see their beautiful videos and pictures, and you're asking, God, when? Or like you've stayed too long outside high school and you haven't gained admission to university. Or maybe you've done your first degree and you're trusting God for your master's and the money is not coming to go for master's. And you're asking God when? God is asking you when? God when? Son when? God when? Daughter when? When are you going to believe? You know sometimes we think, well, maybe God, God is not interested in doing it in 2022. I, I figure because 2022 too, too might not be a very scriptural number, but maybe like 2027, 20, because seven, seven, seven is the perfect number. <laughs> Listen, God is not bound by time. God is not bound by your date. God responds to your faith. There is a law in the spirit. The law says it is unto you according to your faith. I'm going to show you an example in Matthew 15, but before we go there, let me show you, let me underscore this point that faith is a higher law than time. John chapter 2. Go there quickly. You remember Jesus and his disciples attended the wedding. So there were all one too in the days when Jesus walked this earth. Mark my words, I didn't say in the days of Jesus. Because every day is the day of Jesus. Can I have an amen? In the days when he walked this earth physically, in his earthly ministry, he attended the wedding with his disciples and they ran out of wine. It's a popular story. 
John chapter 2. And his mother went to him and said, hey, guy, they've run out of wine. Do something. Jesus said something. I think it's verse 5 now. Verse 5. Okay, verse 4. Jesus said, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour. Somebody say hour. Is not yet come. That is talking about time. Somebody say time. However, his mother didn't listen to him or rather didn't argue with him. She just turned to the young man. Hey, whatever he says to you to do, do it and walked off. Like she didn't hear what he said. My hour is not yet come. That's talking about time. But she didn't come with time. She came with faith. Jesus, I know you can fix this mess. That's why I came to you. You know, you don't go to people who can help you when you have a situation in your life. People that will complicate the matter. You don't go to them. We all have our go-to persons. Do you understand my English? You know what you call go-to, your go-to person. When you have a problem with your car, you know who to call. When you have a problem with your computer, you know who to call. When you have a problem with your phone, you know who to call. When you need graphics design, you don't call your mechanic. Am I making sense this morning? So we have our go-to person. Now, in this situation, Jesus was the go-to person for Mary. So she came with faith, believing that he could do something about it to avert the shame. Because wine ran out in the middle of celebration. Celebration wasn't yet over. And I don't know who is in the church this morning and you're in a situation where shame is imminent and I say by the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, you will not be put to shame. In Psalm 34 verse 5, the Bible said they looked to him and their faces were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Psalm 37 19, the Bible says in the New Living Translation, they will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. And I said that's for you in the name of Jesus. Shame is not a good thing. Shame is not a good thing. And the devil is waiting for you to, to be ashamed. One of the things Jesus bore in his body on the cross, if you read Isaiah 53 from verse 5, is our shame. He took our shame. He took our shame so that we might enjoy honor, so we might enjoy his grace. So Mary came and said, hey, do something about this. My hour is not yet come. Young man, whatever he says to you to do, do it. And she walked off. And Jesus gave them an instruction. He said to them, Fill the water pots with water. If you use Google much later, or if you, if you research online, go and find out the volume. Americans say volume. <laughs> Ebonics. Find out the volume of the wine produced. It wasn't just meant for that wedding. That wine would be sold. The remaining would be sold. And it would bring prosperity to that young family. Because they were just getting married and they would need money to start their lives. When Jesus steps into a situation, he doesn't just fix it. He does more than enough. Did you, get, did, did you hear what I said this morning? He always does more than enough. His name is not just for enough. In Psalm 23, David the psalmist picked this up. He said, thou anointest my head with oil. He didn't just fill up my cup. He said, my cup runneth over so i can be a blessing to other people i can have more than enough now listen god takes us from the realm of not enough to the realm of just enough then pass that realm to the realm of more than enough can i hear somebody say more than enough the pots were not little pots they were giant pots go do your research so what he provided was not just for that wedding but for the marriage there's a there's a difference between the two People prepare for wedding nowadays, spend millions on a wedding, all to be broke, to start a broke life afterwards. Jesus said, I know these guys need money, so I'm going to have to bless them. Now, he did the miracle. Pour, fill up the water pots with water they did. Then he said, draw out now. Somebody say now. You didn't say it well. I'm going somewhere with that word. Say now. Did he say draw out tomorrow? Did he say wait a while? Sometimes when we say we are waiting on God, it is good to wait on God. Don't get it twisted. But sometimes you would realize that God is actually waiting on us.
May the Holy Spirit brood on those words in your heart in Jesus' name. Because some of us are at a point where we should have taken certain steps. And we're still waiting for a direction. When he has actually given you enough leading. But you are waiting for an angel to actually physically appear and say, My son, follow me to you. It will never happen. He said, draw out when? Do it now. Because faith is now. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance, not tomorrow faith, not yesterday's faith, now faith is the substance of things up for the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. Somebody say now faith. They drew a little bit out of it. They gave it to the governor, the chairman of the occasion. And then he tasted it and he said, hey, bridegroom, come over here. Come on. What manner of man are you? Every man sets forth the good wine at the beginning of a feast. And when men have drunken themselves to stupor and they don't have capacity for more, then you bring out the inferior wine. But in your case, you have reserved the best until now. Because now is faith. Faith is now. The governor of the feast didn't know where the wine came from. It is God's modus operandi to reserve the best for the last. If you are hustling right now, if you are struggling right now, if you are trying to make ends meet right now, don't hang yourself. Don't commit suicide. Don't get into depression. God is working something out in your life. Greater shall be your end than your beginning. So even though your beginning is small, just keep walking with God and keep walking by faith because your latter ends are greatly increased. Can I have an amen? For a child of God, it can only get better. Doesn't get bitter, it gets better. Proverbs 4:18. The path of the just is a shining light, and it shines more and 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 more unto the day of Jesus. Somebody say and more. Say and more. Say and more. Say and more. Say and more and more. I want you to see it in your, in your spirit, man. See your path shining more. See it getting better. Things are getting better. Things are getting better. My life is not getting bitter. I am getting better. I am getting better and things are getting better for me. Can I have an amen? That is God's modus operandi. Faith got the wine. Faith got that miracle when it was not yet time. The Bible says this beginning of miracles, it was the beginning. This beginning of miracles performed Jesus and he manifested forth his glory. I figure the reason some of us are going through what we're going through is to reveal the glory of God in our lives. Did you hear what I said? That in your life, Jesus is going to be glorified. Let them mock you. Let them say you don't know what you're doing. You better join us. Somebody said to another person, let me help your family. Because of your ritual money. You want to help your family. You need help yourself. It is only the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. There are other ways to be rich. There is the blessing of Satan that also makes rich. But it is garnished and loaded with plenty of sorrow. I can promise you that. The way the devil blesses people... It's always, it, it comes with terms and conditions. You know when you listen to some radio jingles, they tell you if you bring 50,000, you get whatever. You know, pay 50 and get 50. But then they'll say, terms and conditions apply. The devil always hides the terms and conditions. It's like the terms and conditions of a software program. When you buy a software, all right, and then they say before you use it, as you install, you have to read terms and conditions, and it's usually too long. Way, way, way too long. How many of us have taken time to ever read one? I've never read one in my life. We are Nigerians. We are not that patient. Now, well, well, I mean, it will take me one, one, one minute to download the software, but it's going to take me about 15 minutes to, to read the terms and conditions. So we just scroll down. And what do you click? I agree. <laughs> you just check it. This is Nigeria, where we buy, we buy a gadget. We bring it home. We don't read the manual. Then we go and ask our neighbor, how do you fix this? No time. And the devil knows, he knows we are like that. So he will bring you ritual money. No time to read the terms and conditions. Baba, I need money right now. I got to drive bills. Green wagon. Luxus. It's all right. No time to read the terms and conditions. It's like the credit card system. You pay now. No, no. Buy now. 
and joy. They escalate now. <laughs> Some of your friends abroad, when they have a job and then they get a car, car note. In America, they call car note. And then they are driving the latest, maybe uh, Mercedes. And then you're in Nigeria and say, oh my God, when? God, when? No, God, when? Like, as in, when? You don't know the guy is, is, paying, is paying a note on the car. You have a job, you have an address, you can drive. You can own it, but you don't own it. That's why the day the job goes, there goes the car. There goes the house. And that's how people end up being homeless. Satan's system is like that. Enjoy now. But you're sure going to pay. Faith is not like that. What God gives, he gives freely. No TNC attached. He gives freely. So faith was the one that told time in John chapter 2 what time it was. And it was a time for miracle. So if I ask you expression house this morning, what time is it? No, no, no. It's, the signal is just way too weak on this side. I believe it's, it's going to be high this side. What time is it? Amen, amen. A little better. Okay, let me take it in the middle. What time is it in your life right now? Faith is a higher law. But you know, faith is not for lazy people. Oh, no, no. We can't give you what it takes. No time to meditate on God's word. You don't even have time to read, let alone study, let alone meditate. Faith doesn't drop on your laps while you're on a bike on your way to Domino's Pizza. No. You sit down. No quick fixes. You sit. You read. You study. You meditate. And then the Holy Spirit quickens that word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That hearing must come by the hearing, by, by, by the spoken utterance of Christ. The anointed utterance of Christ. In the original, that's how it was written. Let me give you another example. That faith is a higher law than time. Time bows before faith. So when you say, God, when? God's when is when your faith comes alive. I say that again. When you ask God, God, when? His when is when your faith comes alive. Your faith. In many instances in the Bible, you would never see Jesus say, my power has made you whole. You hear him say, your faith. His power had been there all the time. But the moment your faith came along, your faith tapped into the power. It is faith that helps you connect to the power of God. The power of God never goes on holiday, never goes on sabbatical. It's here right now, but it's only going to be maximized by those who are able to tap by faith. Is there electric power in this house this morning? I'm asking you, church, do you think there's some electric power right here? Now, if your phone is low, the battery of your phone is low, do you think you, you will be able to charge your phone this morning? Oh, yeah, because power is available. But you didn't bring your charger. Will you be able to charge your phone this morning? No. You need a charger to plug to the power source. That charger which connects the power to your phone is your faith. The power of God is available. You are available, but you need your faith to tap into the power of God. Matthew chapter 15, a woman came. A Canaanite woman, a Syrophoenician woman, her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil and she came to Jesus and she was crying after him and she was saying, Lord, my, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Would you please help, Lord? And the Bible says the Lord did not answer, did not answer her a word. He didn't answer a word. What kind of Lord is that? I'm crying for help and you're not even answering me. Finally, when the Lord was going to answer, the Lord said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the last I checked, you are not one of them. Because she was a Canaanite woman. She wasn't a Jew. Yeah, but... Lord, help me. I know I'm not a Jew, but I'm not a Nigerian, but help me. Well, healing is the children's bread. And it is not appropriate 
to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. It's one of the reasons I don't have dogs yet in my house. I love my children. The money I have right now is for feeding them. I can't feed dogs right now. Dogs don't care the economy of your nation. They want food. Somebody recently offered me a house with two dogs. I said no. Because I will join the league of those who go to events and towards the end of the event, they, they always have cellophane paper, nylon bag in their pocket or handbags and they bring it out and they gather stuff together. And, and I'm looking at them like, what are you doing? I say, oh, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. <laughs> it's for my dog. I don't like that. Personally, I, I'm too humble for that. I don't like it. The money I have, let me, they didn't hear me over there. Let me tell you over here. The money I have right now is for feeding Tirenolua and Ontolua Elegbe. Did you hear that? Not for bingo. Not Tirenolua, Ontolua, and bingo. No. Bingo can wait for life. That was what Jesus said to the woman. Healing is the children's bread and is not good. I will never ever, no matter how much I love you, I will never ever say your dog is dying and I'll now go bring my children's food, which is in the kitchen. Bring it out of the kitchen and hand it over to you to feed your dog. I can feed you with it for as long as I can provide another one for them. But I won't give you my children's food to feed your dog. No matter the jazz with which you talk to me, in fact, that makes the job easier. You talk with jazz, that's the end of discussion. Jesus compared this woman with a dog. Oh, gosh! If that were a typical 21st century Nigerian woman of the Yoruba tribe. Excuse me. Savior. No, no, what exactly is your problem? I came all the way. I got a flight ticket. I got my visa. I flew from my country down here to come and see you to help me cast one stinking devil from my daughter. Is it not one small devil? Now, first of all, you didn't even answer me. I was talking to you. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to do anything. In fact, don't do anything again. Don't even touch my daughter. Don't even pray. Don't even do anything. I learned that your anointing was very hot. That's why I came. You are now calling me a dog. A dog? In fact, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are. <laughs> Sometimes, the Lord is actually looking at your character. He allows some tests and trials to come because he needs to know the content of your heart. Not the content of your mouth. Lord, I love you, and I worship you, and you are worthy to be praised. Anybody can tell him, I love you. I love you, Lord. But he's going to check your heart. The master was checking the heart of that woman, checking her character. Do you know that in all of these, she didn't get upset? Ladies, I hope you're learning a lesson in patience. In all of these, she didn't insult the master. In all of these, she rather was tenacious and resilient in her request. The more Jesus tried to push her away, the stronger she stayed. The first time she spoke, Jesus didn't answer. She kept speaking. Jesus answered and said, I'm not sent, but to the lordship of house of Israel. And he was right. The master was right. Because if you, Paul, Paul picked that up in the spirit in Romans 1, 16, 17. Much later, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. He said first to the Jews and also to the Greeks. So the Jew came first in God's priority. And so Jesus said, look, it's the time for the Jew now. You are a non-Jew. 
Do you know what this woman said? She said, truth, Lord. Truth. You're right. Because the Lord can never be wrong. King Jesus will never be wrong. Can I have an amen? amen. So the Jew first. So meaning it is not yet your turn. You know that? Only deep people understand that. You got to be deep to understand that. that. They will call you, it's not yet your turn. Not yet your turn. But this woman would not back down. Did you now hear what she said to the master finally? She said, truth, Lord. Yet, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their, the word master's there. It's talking about little boys. The little boys that drag these dogs around as their pets. When you have a pet, you at least want to have mercy on your pet. Your pet doesn't sit with you on the dining table at family time, dinner time. But your, your dog is right there by your, by your legs. And so you just push. Bingo. And then you look at the guy. Push a little more. You're pushing crumbs. You don't carry your dinner. And say, all right, dog, have it. No. Some little grains of rice, few grains of rice, grains of beans. You cut your fish into tiny pieces. You push a little. No, 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 you don't deserve fish. You push the bone. Boom. And those guys like bones. Do, do you get what I'm saying this morning? Those are the crumbs. The crumbs that fall from their little master's tables. The moment she said this, she was saying, Master, I know I am not qualified. I know it is not yet my time, but I have come by faith to grab healing. Lord, I may not qualify for the main meal, but at least let me have some crumbs from the meal. <sighs> the master said, Oh, woman. <laughs> he didn't just say, woman, no, 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 read your Bible. Give, give that verse to me. Give that verse to me now. Matthew 15, 28. 28. Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman. That's like, wow, babe. Great is your faith. Who taught you that? She wasn't a daughter of Abraham. And yet the ones that called themselves the children of Abraham were busy insulting Jesus. In John 8, they told him he had the devil. He spoke to some extent. They said, do you think you're older than Abraham? They pushed him out of the temple. They were actually going to stone him to death. He walking through the midst of them went his way. The children of Abraham. The ones he came to, to save. But this woman came from a very far country. Only God knows how many countries she had to pass through to get to Jesus. And when she said that, Jesus said, oh woman, your faith is not small. Great is your faith. Faith comes in categories. You remember he told them in Matthew chapter 6, if you begin to read from verse 25, he was telling them not to worry about what to drink, what to eat, what to, uh, and, 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 and what happens to your life. And, and he said it's not the body more than raiment. And he talk, told them about how God closed the, the grass, the lily of the field. And that Solomon in all of his glory was not as arrayed as one of them. He said, why are you so encumbered? Why are you so anxious? Why do you have anxiety about what to eat, drink, and to wear? Oh, ye of little faith. So you can be of little faith, but you may choose to graduate from little faith to great faith. Are you with me this morning, church? Are we still in the Bible this morning, church? Nothing extra, just the word of God. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Jesus then said, come on, go back there. Quick, Matthew 15. Quick, quick. Great is your faith. Then he made a statement which became a law in the realm of the spirit, in the school of faith. He said, be it unto you even as you will. This is called, be it unto you according to your faith. This is the reason Christians should not be fighting one another. When somebody is making progress, believe God for yours as well. 
Rejoice with them and trust God for your own timing. Trust, trust God for your own manifestation. It is unto every man according to their faith. Don't fight someone because you are seeing results in their lives. Ah, you're getting married and you're hiring a limousine because they can believe God for it. That is none of your business. On your own wedding day, you can believe God for a kekenapeb. Hallelujah. And you will still be married. Amen. They will decorate it with balloons. Somebody got angry with me because we used the limousine on my, on my wedding day. I'd never in my life entered the limousine before. So it was a dream. My wedding day, I must step into a limo with my friends. You know what I'm saying? Some people are so angry. Oh no. And he calls himself a pastor. And he's, yes, and he's entering a limbo thing. When souls are perishing in the villages. <laughs> I said, Well, when your own children are getting married, I release grace on you in the name of Jesus. You may hire Kekenape plus Okada. Let them be the train. Stop fighting the faith of other people. This woman cried. In fact, I skipped it in the middle. She said, Lord, help me. I want you to say church this morning. Say, Lord, help me. Jesus was busy telling her, it's not your time. It's not your time. She said, I know, but Lord, help me. Help, help. The Germans, I love the way they, they call it, they call it health. Health. Lord, help me. There are times we talk too much in the place of prayer. Lord, you know exactly what is going on right now. Lord, you know how that I'm not able to pay my bills. Lord, you know how that everybody's mocking me on the street. How that my friends have gotten married and I'm not married yet. I don't even have a relationship yet. I don't even have a relay yet. Not, you know, Sean. And then the ship will now be manufactured sometime. Lord, you know, and then it's a rehearsal of the problem. A rehearsal. We call it a prayer, but it's a rehearsal of the problem. You're talking too much. Sometimes all you need to say is, Lord... Help me. When I'm in trouble, I've learned to depend on the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Whether it's in the exam hall, you've checked questions one to five, it's like it, it's written in Greek. You don't understand it. Lord, help me. Are you in, in the front of your doctor and they've given you a damning medical report? Right there, you can say, Lord, help me. Because according to the books, you're not going to live but five years. But then you want to live long. God said in Psalm 91, 16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isaiah 46 and verse 4, he said, I've made you and I will bear you and will carry you to who he is, to he is white with age. Isaiah 46 and verse 4. So why do I have to die now? Lord, help me. Are you in trouble, legal trouble? They've sent you maybe a subpoena, litigation notice. You've never been in court in your life. You don't know the chamber of any lawyer. This is going to be serious. Lord, help me. Or is it a financial embarrassment? Shame is around the corner. There are times we know that if God does not intervene in 24 hours, shame is imminent. What do you do at such a moment? Lord, help me. There is nobody who cries to God genuinely from the heart and God turns his back on them. He never does that. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures, let me share with you. Deuteronomy 33 and verse 26. On the screen, please. Deuteronomy 33 and verse 26. He said, who is like unto the God of Jeshurun? Jeshurun stands for Jacob or Israel. Who is like, he said, there is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy hell. And in his excellency on the sky. Hey guys, God is not on vacation. He's not just riding a bicycle, trying to check out what is happening in the heavens. He's not, he's not doing some ice skating or snow skating. God is not just walking around aimlessly, not knowing what to do with his time. And he's just checking everybody out. No, the Bible says he's riding upon the heaven. In your help, meaning God is bringing help, meaning help is on the way. Somebody say, my help is on the way. 
I want you to see God like that. No wonder David the psalmist in Psalm 121 said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I pray for someone today, help is on the way. Someone who can believe, I said help is on the way. For someone who can believe today, I say help is on the way. There are many things that God turns. We're talking about God the turner. When he steps into a situation, he turns it around. I would, for, for time, limit it to three. I have about 12 minutes to stop. Number one, he turns captivities. Captivities. Americans say captivities. 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 God turns. <laughs> oh my. Don't see your God himself turning, but see his hand turning your situation. It turns. I love that song. It's turning things around. Hey. It's turning things around. See. This is the bright side of my, my palm. This is the dark side. If you are currently faced with the dark side of life, I want you to know that in the realm of the spirit, if you will lock hands with God in the place of prayer and standing on his promises, and like that woman, you have the bulldog kind of faith that doesn't give up. See, the dark side will turn to the bright side. Can I have an amen? amen? The darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up. Oh, God of revival. Let hope arise. Death is overcome. Hey, you've already won. Oh, God of revival, there's no prison wall you can break through, no. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise, no soul that you can save, oh, Things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up. Oh, God of revive. These are the songs you need to listen to. Let hope arise. There's no way you listen to this and you're going to be depressed. And you're going to lose We listen to depressing songs that make you even want to come and commit suicide. And yet you think, Pastor is just being too spiritual. I mean, we should have a social life. You know, like, Pastor, is it, is, it, is it that bad? It is worse. Worse than you think. People have listened to songs, they've gone to commit suicide afterwards. Look, look at the lives of the people singing to you. You don't like their lives. Why are you buying the product they sell? These are the kind of songs to sing. The darkest night. Look, there are times that I can't even pray. My lips are heavy. I plug in these kind of songs. Sometimes with tears streaming down my face, energy begins to come. Then I begin to mambro kotoloborondo tsikalabahanya. And then the joy of the Lord comes back to my being. For the joy of the Lord is not your weakness. It's your strength. Nehemiah 8.10. Look, listen to this. When any situation is going to turn around, God is the turner. God is in the realm of the spirit. That is where he does it from. Not here. Not here. God does it there. When he does it there, it manifests here. It changes there before it shows up here. People die there before they die here. Once they are switched off in the realm of the spirit, it's only a matter of time. Somebody just walking around like, Corpses. 
And then boom, they say, oh, but nothing happened. It just fell. <laughs> okay. They switched off. Number one, God turns captivities. Um, Job 42 and verse 10. The Bible says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Job had known sorrow upon sorrow. Ah, may you not know the kind of sorrow of Job. It's romantic when we read it in the Bible, but in real life, you, you don't want to be there. Lost his business, everything. He had an empire. He was the greatest man in the East. It's like when you talk about the Warren Buffett, the Elon Musk of his days. He was the greatest man in the East. He had so much substance. Everything crashed. His stock, stock um, investment, his forex, his whatever you call it, real estate, his uh, 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 poultry business, his uh, um, um, livestock business. Everything crashed in one day. Nobody survives that. God forbid you are in church now. Your phone beeps, pim, 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 pim. then you check. It's an alert, but it's not a credit alert. It's a DR. You know that DR is not doctor. Debit alert. And then you, you click, ah, when did I do a transaction? And then psh, all the money in your account is gone. You know how much you have in your account right now. Don't be too spiritual for me. You all know your bank balance right now. If you know your account balance, can I have an Amen. So if you get a debit alert right now and then psh, the whole money is gone, you now have zero balance now. Current balance is zero naira, zero, zero cover. In fact, minus. You will disrupt this service a little bit. Like, ah, yeah. you say, ah, brother, what was it? Is that the anointing of the Holy Ghost? No, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Ah. Then I'm saying, the Lord Jesus is really good. Ah. Pastor. If it's good, what has happened? That was what happened to Job. He got a debit alert, and one day everything came down to zero. If it was only money, maybe, yeah, people lose money, and then they bounce back. Are you getting what I'm saying? While there is life, there is hope. To him that's joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. But he lost all his children, ten of them, in one day. We're parting hard in their eldest brother's house. Those guys knew how to party hard. Wine, champagne, Hennessy, Moe. What else? Jack Daniels. Whatever Walker. Johnny Walker, right? All of those things. Puffing in the air. Men. They were the children of the biggest man in the East. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to work. They didn't have to. Their daddy already worked and daddy ain't broke. You know what I'm saying? They had the best babes in town. If they wanted anybody, I mean, the girls were even chasing after them. They were handsome guys and the girls were beautiful. They had the best life. Better than what you are dreaming right now. Why are you doing Yahoo? And you are broke with your Yahoo. You are broke. Your Satan that is giving you money is broke. Is a thief. He's stealing money from, from God's children and we're going to get all the money back. Because when a thief is caught, he will be made to restore sevenfold what he has stolen. People can't be, you can't suffer for a while. And look at some of these small, small boys. They say, this is the Yahoo boy. You're very stupid. How many years have you suffered? Say, Pastor, I, I, I can't suffer. Daddy was poor, grandpa poor, me too poor. I, I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. At what age? There is nothing to add to your CV in life that you ever did so, 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 and so with your hands and that you suffered to do this and you went through stuff and resilience was built into you, character was built into you, integrity was built into you. Nothing. You're not built. You're just enjoying free money at the expense of some people. You are empty. Lost money. On the wrong, the ladder, the ladder of life. Money is, on the, is at the lowest rung, the lowest rung of the ladder. Listen, church. But one day, Job decided to look away from his problems Stop blaming everybody. Stop blaming anything. 
he chose to pray for his friends who were criticizing him. You know, it's amazing when bad things happen in our lives, how people can explain your life. They can't explain their own lives, but they know why things are wrong with you. His friends knew why things were wrong with Job. But that day he chose to pray for them. And the Bible says, as he prayed for them, God turned his captivity. I don't know who I'm talking to today, who might have lost a fortune, you might have lost your health, you might have lost opportunities. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see the hand of God from the realm of the Spirit turning your captivity in the name of Jesus. And the Lord also gave Job twice as much as he had before. If God ever gave Job twice, can he give you twice? They didn't hear me over here. I said, if God ever gave Job twice, can he give you twice? Job functioned under the old covenant. We have a new covenant based upon better promises. Can God give you more than twice? That's the God we serve. He owns the heavens and the earth. He's the almighty God. He's the one that turns things around. Kai, God will spring up a surprise in your life. It will be a pleasant surprise in the name of Jesus. In Job 9.10 and Job 5.9 and Job 9.10, the Bible says, He does wonders without number. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready this season for wonders without number in the name of Jesus. Can I get a better amen? That same God came to Zion and turned the captivity of Zion. Kai! When Zion woke up that morning, they said when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. God will do things that will amaze you and it will be like you are dreaming in the name of Jesus. Certain things happen and you say, please, don't wake me. If this is a dream, don't wake me up. Ah, I want to remain permanently in this dream. Have you ever had a dream before you were enjoying yourself in the dream? You were really living large. I mean, everything was going rosy. And until mama, oh God. Oh, Tosi, have you been there? Mama came to your room and slapped you on your face. Hey, it's seven o'clock, go and fetch water. My God. You are not crying because of the slap. You are crying because of the dream. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? I was just about entering the plane. Many, many years ago, before I traveled, I saw myself on the street of London. That's not a good time to wake me up from the dream. Don't, don't wake. I, think, I think there's a song like that. Don't wake me up. <laughs> I don't know. If, is it gospel? <laughs> but I know I've heard that line before. Don't wake me up. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't wake me up. Don't, just, just leave me alone. Let me just stay right here. Hey, baby, wake up. Real dreamers wake up to chase their dream. Can I have an amen to that? Otherwise, you have a juju. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, he said, well, like them that dream. Then what happened? He said, then was our mouth filled with laughter. You will laugh this season. I said you will laugh. Some things happen and they provoke laughter. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me give a very poor example. Very poor. There is no medicine that can make you laugh in the natural, like a credit alert from the bank. It can make you laugh in the middle of a funeral service. Everybody's looking straight. Baba, we'll meet again, we we'll meet again. Yeah, we'll meet again. Till we meet, till we meet, till we meet. Is it, what's, oh, till we meet again, God, man, that just changes your mood. Your mouth will be filled with laughter. Your tongue will be filled with singing. If I were you, I'll be getting right now the compilation of my songs together. My favorite songs, because your tongue will be filled with singing. 
then the unbelievers will look at you and say, ah, it seems as if, it seems as though God has done something great for you. You will call them and say, bia, 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 chere, bia, sit down, sit down here. Let me tell you the truth. The Lord has done great things for me wherever I am glad. That is going to be somebody's testimony. I said that is going to be somebody's experience. In the name of Jesus. They are going to hear a good rumor about you. And you will have to call them and confirm it. It is not a rumor. It is for real. God turns captivities. Kai. From the realm of the spirit. You will only be seeing things happening in the physical. Because it's been turned. It's been turned. It's been turned. It's been turned. God doesn't turn. But the situation has been turned by the hand of God. By the hand of God. There was a man called Jabez. First Chronicles 4. Verses 9 and 10. He was born and named Jabez. Jabez meant sorrow, pain. When you hear somebody being named cause pain. Cause pain. He was causing pain to his parents. In many ways, children, some children cause pain to their parents. Parents see them and they're not happy. Maybe because they're not making progress. Maybe because they're not developing properly. We heard of child psychology this morning. You have a 16-year-old that is still wearing diaper. That will go to toilets and mess up with their feces at 16. Such a mother will not be happy. The father will not be happy. Mommy, mommy. Mommy, nan one, nan one. At 16. When you should be breaking bones. 16. Cause pain. Oh, go pass it, go fail, go go, no, you can't. Just not making progress. It causes pain. Jabez caused pain. But one day he locked hands with God. First Chronicles 4. And in verse 10 he said, he called on the Lord of Israel, the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me. Bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Enlarge my coast. And that your hand might be with me, Lord, be with me. And that I, you would keep me from evil. That it may not grieve me. That I will not cause pain. And God granted him that which he requested. He turned his story from the realm of the spirit. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory that your hand will be with me. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain, and that you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. Jabez faced God. People had mocked him. Nobody wanted to play ball with him in school. Sorrow, pass ball to me. No, may sorrow never pass ball to you. They ostracized him. He was disenfranchised, alienated, marginalized. Alone, he cried to God, oh God, oh God, oh God, help me, oh God, oh, oh God. El Elohe Israel, God, the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me. If there are Christians who can pray, there is a God who can answer. Jabez even operated under the old covenant. We have a better covenant. We are busy telling people about our problems. 
we are busy, busy bodying all over the internet, gossiping instead of praying. We are busy wishing our situations away instead of locking hands with God, alone with God in the dark of the night and say, God, I won't let you go until you change this and turn it around. We are busy, we are busy, busy with the frivolities of life. Number two, I'll stop here. God turns hearts. I can't go as far as I did in the, in the first service. I'll stop here. God turns hearts. Proverbs 21 and verse 1. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Like the course of a river, he turneth it with us wherever he will. Esther went before the Lord, before, before the king. Esther chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Uncle, fast for me. I also will fast and my maids will fast. Three days and I will go in unto the king. And the Lord turned the heart of the king in Esther's favor. I'll take it up from there in the next service. But I'm with you.